All right, welcome in to the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Uh, recording this on a Monday, on a very chilly Monday, as in Dickinson we are in a winter storm warning, so winter is upon us. Yellowstone is kicking off this week. It's the Dan. It's episode forty nine. It is Grant's favorite player episode. It is the Dan Sorensen episode. We should just end this episode now. It's gonna suck. No. Oh it's- wow. And, and, and as 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 I mentioned that it is the Dan Sorensen episode, he just gave up a touchdown over the top to uh, to uh, Will Likely. So why I, am it, I not surprised? Fitting. How fitting is this? <laughs> he didn't actually, but he didn't actually, should- but it. It felt we fitting need, that I had to say that. Now that I do just, say that, it's going to happen at some point. Even I don't even think he's on the field. Well, no, he he. I think he only plays special teams for New Orleans this year, and and he puts the special in special teams. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think you miss him though. I think deep down you do miss him because when the secondary, well, I, 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 I miss twenty nineteen Daniel Sorens. Okay, because let's let's not forget that Chiefs don't win that playoff game against Houston without him. Yeah. Yeah. Because because he caused a fumble on the kick return, and then he stopped the fake punt on fourth down. There you go. See, right. this might be a new thing. Is you might have to say something nice about Daniel Sorensen every episode. Well, I, I I don't have much more, but you know, I guess I got a couple more. You know, he, he has, he's made some Why? nice plays. We, we, this is a, it's a new segment alert, so we're gonna save it. You're allowed. You you have to say one nice thing per episode. You already said that. You can't get them all out at once. We're gonna keep this going as long as we can. Well, and like I said, I, I I got a couple more. Okay, I, I I can think of a few off the top of my head, so we'll be able to roll for I don't I don't know another, however many episodes. But uh, let's roll, let's ride with it. Chiefs Kingdom, let's ride. Chiefs Kingdom, let's ride. Okay, and and as you can see, he grants <laughs> such a big Dan Sorensen fan. He actually that's his Twitter new Twitter name is Dan Sorensen's number one fan. So we're we're a big go. B, uh, big BYU stan account over here. Big yeah. big Provo guy. Yeah, yep. You've probably never even been to Utah, have you? Never been to Utah. No. Okay. Ethan yeah. and I, we've been in the airport, and that's about it. Yep. Definitely counts. We're there for more than two hours. Yep. That, there it is. I'm with you guys. Yep. So get back on track here a little bit. College basketball is underway. We're gonna give our early final four predictions later on in the show. The Astros are World Series champions, so, you know, make the trash can, baby, let's go! And uh, and then the chaos in college football is just starting. Clemson's dead. Alabama's dead. Tennessee is, they're, they're not on life support yet. They might be in the ICU. We'll, we'll see what happens, see how it plays out. Brian Ferentz is, was kidnapped. We'll get that into that later. And the Gophers might have a new quarterback under center which i guess let's just start the show there ethan gophers 20 huskers 13 the game they they were down 10 nothing at halftime and then they subbed out tanner morgan and brought in athlin cali athlin cali manis okay well, he's, exceedingly greek he is greek he is the yeah. greek freak for sure but, uh, actually he's the greek rifle is what we call him the greek but rifle, uh okay Yes, so you'll hear that Greek. often. I'm still not 100% sold they're actually going to sit Tanner. Supposedly he had an upper body injury is what they said. Um, if he's healthy, I just I, I don't see Fleck going moving off him. Just because that's who Fleck is. But 
I, I don't know. Yeah. At the same time, I don't know how you can. Now, after here's, what my, you just saw. here's my question. Are they using this upper body injury as a cover up? So they it looks good in like terms of the PR. So they're not yeah. we're not benching him, but he's right? just not healthy healthy enough to play. You know what I'm saying? Because he like he took a big hit at, right at the end of half, but he got up fine. So like, and then they said that he practiced today supposedly, but then again, Flex never going to say if a guy practices or not. So how much BS he's saying? I don't know. But I was happy they won. He's the only reason they did. Ethan is really uh, defense played well, I guess, but. He's the only one that got anything going whatsoever on the offensive end in the second half. Yeah, well, they put up 20 unanswered, and then Fleck made just quite the uh, question, well, possibly questionable decision, which we were texting back and forth during that, where it felt like he was, he decided to punt it away so he would have an excuse to go back to Tanner because everybody watching the game can see that, see, there was a, there's just a little more pep in the step when Calia. Callie McManus was in the game. Just game seemed to flow better, and it showed on the scoreboard because they put up 20 unanswered and they won the game. I was so torn on it. Like, one, I, I, I wanted them to go for it. I wanted to go for the throw, be aggressive, but that's, like, the opposite of Fleck when you really think about it. But uh, I also understand punting it because their offense had, didn't even have a first down. They didn't have, like, 20 total yards in the third quarter and hadn't been past midfield since I want to say the second quarter since their second drive. So it's like their defense was like ridiculously good. They're down to the third string quarterback. So like I get punting it, but at the same time, I want to see that aggression that like he has never really shown. Well, that well, and it's also a Minnesota team. So it, it it's just a cursed state. So there, there's also that where, and, and and if they go for it, they don't get it. Nebraska goes and scores, goes to overtime. Who knows what happens? You know, it's, yep. you, you, as a coach, you're putting a – it's basically almost a no-win situation. Pretty much. But they, it I'm worked out. They, won. they got a win. They're still alive after an Illinois loss. We'll see what happens with the rest of the, the West. And Nebraska still eats corn the long way. Yep. Yes, they do. Exactly. And we'll go – We'll go down to the to their neighbors to the south. Iowa twenty four, Purdue three. I think they might be listening to three guys talking about podcasts because they actually like were doing a lot of what we said. There was some motion. There was a little bit more window dressing, and that has to that begs a question. Grant, where are you hiding Brian Ferentz? Um, actually, he's in my closet in my room. And I called plays Saturday from my house. I pulled a Jerry oh, Kill. Oh, okay. Wow. I, 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 I coached the game from my house um, with that, actually. And, and hey, you know, a two-game winning streak is a two-game winning streak. So, we'll give Brian a bowl of water and a sandwich at least once a day to keep him um, somewhat nourished. But that, that's all he's getting. <laughs> that's, that's all he's getting. <laughs> it goes, it goes, it, it's to the uh... – goes back to the old saying eat, be humble eat crumbs there that's exactly. what that's what you're doing you know you got to you got to eat the crumbs before you get the porterhouse right exactly okay. yeah we're 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 ro- we're rolling before we're crawling we're not crawling before we're walking with this Iowa team we're like infants we're rolling before we start to crawl yes well and sure. like we talked about too is you know Aiden O'Connell was going to give the ball to the other team. He likes to and give the ball to the other team. And he did. And, and he did twice. Iowa capitalized off it. Charlie Jones still had a big game, but Iowa got the last laugh. 
Well, and it's what you mentioned that, you know, Charlie, he had a big game, but it was one of those where he didn't have the Charlie Jones impact that he had in every other game he's played this year. It just, it felt like empty stats. And then also that's on Purdue where they, they had one guy, they fed Charlie Jones, you know, the ball all game and no one else could do anything. Nobody else could get anything going. And, and I think it hurt him at the end of the day. But another thing we're not talking about is, you know, over these last two weeks, it looks like this Iowa offensive line is starting to get some cohesion as a group. And, you know, when you're able to run the ball two weeks in a row and you're able to set up your play action game and get Petrus moving, you know, move, move the pocket and bring those linebackers in, it sets, you know, good things up for your offense. And then Laporta had a good day and Luke Lachey as those tight ends got going. So these last two weeks, Iowa was able to run the offense they want to run and good things have happened. You know, you put up 33 and 24 points in back-to-back weeks. That's very Iowa-like. You know, they're never going to put up 50 like Ohio State. Uh, but, you know, commanding 24 to 3 win, you also get three sacks, two interceptions. I'm happy with it. Let's let's roll. Yeah, well, and we'll, we'll preview the, the their game up this week, upcoming week, in, in a little bit here. But you have to feel if, if Iowa puts up 24 points – on sat this next Saturday, you you, you got to like those chances. If they get three touchdowns, they're that that's a recipe to beat Wisconsin. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I because to your point, Dylan, if they get up twenty four, is Wisconsin in this offense putting up twenty five points against the Hawkeyes? No, because no, because Jonathan Taylor's not there, um, and Graham Mertz also likes the game. Graham Mertz the is other. also there. If this was twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen, Wisconsin. I'd say 24 might not be enough against this Hawks defense, but you know, like you said, this isn't the same Wisconsin team in Iowa. They, they got a little momentum going. Like, like we said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, stand up on my chair and say, they're going to win the last three games and they're going to play. They're going to go back to Indy. We're not, we're not saying that, but they got a little confidence going where they can, they can mess around. And once you got your confidence back, who, who knows what'll happen. So it's, you know, it'll make these last, it'll, especially this game Saturday, a lot more fun to watch where you're kind of excited for it because you feel like you have a chance they can win the game. For sure. And we'll, like I said, we'll preview that a little bit later on. Did you guys get to watch the Tennessee Georgia game at all? I did not. I just saw it was pretty much an ass whooping by Georgia. Yeah. I, 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 I witnessed the best team in college football on Saturday on that. And that was the university of Georgia. That the, the speed that Georgia defense has sideline to sideline those linebackers the way their lateral lateral quicknesses with the the angles that it looked like they <laughs> Tennessee would have and then they didn't because Georgia just filled it so quick it was I didn't I didn't I haven't watched Georgia extensively for most of the year that was like the first time watching them and that was the biggest thing that popped out to me was just how good they were covering sideline to sideline. And basically, t- Tennessee's run game was non-existent. Stetson Bennett, if they, they were lo- I, I was looking at his stats today. He's throwing for 2,600 yards. He's got more passing yards than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young do. Well, no, one, no one's talking about how good Stetson has been this year and how good this Georgia offense has been. I mean, they're – that he's playing at a Heisman caliber level. And then, you know, Dylan, to your point, this Georgia defense, they had 10 sacks coming into this game on Saturday. 
on the year. They had six Saturday yeah. itself. It's almost like when they've had to turn it on this year against Oregon and Tennessee, they just they look like an NFL defense and they look they just look so much better than everyone else. Like you it's almost like they're three tiers ahead of everyone else. And they're just they're that good and they're that fast. Yeah, that like mid season hangover that that you see a lot of teams get with after winning a national title, that's gone. They've taken their taken their ibuprofen, they've had their liquid IV, their coffee, their third nap of the day. That hangover is gone and they are poised looking poised to repeat again. Well, I, I think they woke up and they realized the real football starts in November. You know, when you're when you're playing Kent State at home in September, then you go on the road to a, a bad Missouri team. You know, you they think they can just wake up and beat those guys by 20. And then also, they had a chip on their shoulder. They're the defending national champions. They're undefeated, and they're not number one in the country. They got this team who hasn't beaten them since 2016 coming in flying high. You know, they were pissed off a little bit, and they had a message to send, and you know, Kirby Smart said it on college game day. When you're facing Tennessee, your people in the secondary are going to be one-on-one one and they need to make plays. And that Georgia secondary was all over the place too. I mean, Kaylee Ringo was playing with his hair on fire. And, you know, those safeties didn't get confused by all the games that Tennessee played, and they shut them down. It, it kind of looked like they were preparing for this game almost all year. Like, that's almost how good their defensive game plan was. Yeah, and – They'll be number one on two by the time this episode drops, but because that comes out, we're recording this Monday. So when it comes out tomorrow, I would expect Georgia to be number one. And then did you guys get to watch the LSU Alabama game? I watched maybe two possessions. That's about it. Okay. Saturday was not a lot of football, actually. Huh. Well, I will say this as, as incredible that game was. It just didn't have that juice that just that yeah, that little extra juice that that game has when it's on CBS. It just Herbie and Fowler are tremendous. I'm actually reading Herbie's book right now. But it it just it just felt like it was missing that Alabama LSU night game. That just that's just a game that belongs on CBS. But it was it was an incredible game. LSU scores in in overtime goes for two. Brian Kelly just shows off his big old balls, his big old Cajun balls that he has. And now he, I think he might, he's a little more open to, he's got a little bit more of a Southern, Southern accent because LSU is family. You know, who, who would have thought in January after that fake Louisiana accent that his team would be seven and two and now um, in the driver's seat to win the SEC West. Not me. I mean, you're right, Dylan. You know, Brian Kelly, he is a giant – he's a giant prick, he's, and he's an asshole, and I feel like he's all about himself. But that man can coach football. And yeah. um, that was – that was a special coaching job he did on Saturday because Alabama went down the field in that first drive, and it looks like, oh, they're going to score. It's going to be seven rip. This, this game's going to be, you know – 30 31 to 14 Alabama blowout they get that turnover and then the, those Tigers they just believed they believed and a lot of freshmen made some big plays for them Jaden Daniels you know and Jaden Daniels I mean who saw this a month ago 
I mean, Jane Daniels, he looked lost, you know, playing playing quarterback for LSU. Now he's getting confident. His coaching staff knows what he does well, what he doesn't do well. And Brian trusted him at the biggest moment in the game. I mean, how many coaches go for two at home? If that game's being played in Tuscaloosa, I understand that. But when you're at home and then you have an opportunity to play the second overtime in front of your students, and that student section caused, what, three false starts on Saturday night? You know, 95% of America would have would have just kicked the one and said, let's live for another day. But, you know, Brian had the right play call. Him and his offensive staff, they knew they knew Alabama wasn't expecting them to give it to the 6'5 true freshman tight end. Uh, who who dad would, who would hall, be? Dad is a Hall of Famer. Which dad's makes a Hall us, of Famer. Makes us feel old because it's it, the dad is Jason Taylor, the DN the, mm-hmm. the for the Dolphins. And then his, well, his uncle is Zach Thomas, too. Yep. But, yeah. It's it's not athletic of a family. Not yeah, they're all. okay. Bunch I of mean, peasants. Only went to St. Thomas Aquinas High School. I mean, that's, but that, what is that? The B squad in Florida? Pretty much. It's not IMG. They were up 96 not, rep at half. They, they weren't up 96 rep at halftime. It's Canada. Like I said, peasants. <laughs> And and we we can't say either. Bryce Young is a dude, and the only reason Alabama is in any of those games just the plays that guy makes. Where LSU had him dead to rights like three or four times, and he sneaks out and makes a play, and just the the, the level of calmness that guy has, where he just doesn't get rattled. He's just so in control at all times, mm-hmm. and. If he isn't the number one pick, there's whoever the GM should be fired on the spot. Oh, he's he's going to look good next year in a Houston Texans uniform. But that's that that's for sure. And then hell, there's a chance they could get Will Anderson because they have they have someone else's first round. They have Cleveland's first round pick too. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, we'll see the SEC. It's gonna. Could be could have two, could have three, could have maybe just one. We'll see what happens. We'll go back to back to the Big Ten, Michigan fifty-two, Rutgers seventeen, which was a sluggish first half. First time Michigan was down at the half all year, and then a strong third quarter by the Wolverines. Back-to-back interceptions. One was a pick-six, both by Michael Barrett. Forced three turnovers in the sec in the second half, and Michigan coasted. After that, uh, like we said in the preview for this game, you know, try to keep Blake Corum in the garage, if you will. And it felt like it was. He still had 20 carries, but it looked like they put more of an emphasis on getting has having Donovan Edwards as the feature back. He had 14 carries. I think he had a – I know he had a really nice receiving touchdown. Uh, and just a uh, just another – day at the office for Michigan they it was one of those weird weird night games at Rutgers the crowd was looked packed I think I saw it was like 97 percent full and Rutgers threw everything they had at Michigan in the first half and it worked uh Michigan gave up a blocked punt which I is is just the lack of practice because Michigan hasn't had the punt they had four punts in the whole month of October so you can just chalk that up as to a lack of lack of practice on that one and you know the only down the one downfall is is I would like to see them see McCarthy hit a deep ball. There were a couple that he was close on. There was one that he threw on the money, probably just a little bit too much 
juice juice behind it with Andrew uh, to Andrew Anthony that if he he should have caught it was right in his hands but it bounced out. But and and the other story is is they had seven red zone trips, six touchdowns, and the five trips that the first team offense made to the red zone, they got touchdowns out of it. So we saw a little bit more creativity. The first two were not. It was. We're just going to run up the middle, run up the middle, run up the middle. And to Rutgers' credit, and in Greg Schiano fashion, that is a very tough, tough-nosed team where they're they're going to punch back. And, and to their credit, they did. Michigan was able to get in. But overall, I'm I'm not going to complain about a 52-17 road, road win. Well, do you complain about that? You need to reconsider a lot of things. You know that that's the thing though too is it's like we as us being NDSU fans where there there's a lot of times where well he goes back to that South Dakota game where NDSU was behind in the first in that first half where they came out a little bit sluggish and then they shut them out, shut the defense shuts USD out and wins by three possessions it's just one of those things where you're dealing with college kids who. You, you never know what's going to happen. They're in a range of emotions. And at the end of the day, it was just some good adjustments by the sec, by the coaching staff and just guys realizing, like, we're not playing up to the Michigan standard. Things got to change, and, and it did, and it showed. Where they came out, they got to stop right out of half, halftime, and then they went down, scored, turnover, turnover, and after that, the game was over. Yeah, I was just going to say, Dylan, kind of like what we talked about last week. You want to start scoring in the red zone before you play Ohio State, so that way you have some plays and concepts down, and that way you have your groove. You're not trying to find your groove when you're playing Ohio State. And just like we just said, look what look what Michigan's offense did. Seven possessions, six touchdowns. Now they can go back and they can, in their meetings this week when they're going over their red zone, red zone tape, they can say, hey, we like this, we like this. And then when they play Ohio State, if Jim Knowles gives them a look that maybe they've seen before from Shano, they're like, hey, we're going to circle back to this. So, you know, you know, it was a blowout, it was a win, but it's nice because this coaching staff can still take stuff from this game and use as the year goes forward. So they did, you know, they did exactly what we said they needed to do. And you have to be happy with, you have to be happy with that because still undefeated, no blemishes on the record here. And I think for the most part they were pretty healthy, right? No one, yeah, no, well, no major injuries, nothing like no, that. No, well, and they, and they were. That was another thing too, which I didn't bring up. They were down four starters that didn't even make mm-hmm. the trip. So probably that was could could attribute to the slower start, maybe. But they got to figure it figured out, and and then we'll uh, like we talked about a little bit here. The NDSU they took care of Western Illinois, fifty six seventeen. That game was over within the first five minutes of the game. Bison got off to a fast start. It was a three and out. First play by the Bison was a 47-yard Kobe Johnson touchdown run. Next possession on defense, Western Illinois goes for it. NDSU stops him. Zach Mathis might be having a uh, future at on the D-line because he, he was the one that made the tackle. And then a couple of plays later, another touchdown run by, I think this one was Tameric Williams, goal of 14-0. It was five minutes into the game. Game was over. It was a very ugly, windy, cold day in Macomb. And similar to what 
what it was with Indiana State, where it was a bring-your-own-energy type of game. And unlike Indiana State, where when they played Indiana State, NDSU did bring their own energy, and it showed they jumped on them early, they put them away. NDSU only had to throw the ball five times uh, for a total of 27 yards. <laughs> and this team looks like they are peaking. They're, they are on the upward tra- trajectory. And right like where we are used to seeing these Bison teams in November, and they, they're starting to get a little bit healthier too because Cole Wisniewski played a little bit more. He was up to about 38 snaps from playing like, I think he only played 12 the week before against Illinois State. And Dom Izzo noticed it on the, uh, and he's mentioned it on his, uh, in the post Bison postgame show that their All-American DN to D-tackle, Eli Mostert, was out of a walking boot. So... That is something to keep an eye on. We'll see. It seems like he might be closer to playing than we thought. It sounded like at, when he first got injured that it was going to be a – he might be back for Frisco, but if he's out of a walking boot now, it sounds like he's gearing up for a playoff run. Well, yeah, and, and that's all you can ask for, especially, you know, hopefully you get that other first-round buy so you don't have to play the Thanksgiving weekend. And then what, Present your position yourself in for what, three – uh, playoff home games or at least two probably two trip for to... sure well and, yeah yeah probably two for sure they might have to go on the road at probably have to go on the road for the semis but not sure who they're going to be playing because it sounds it uh south dakota state won again on a game-winning mm-hmm. field goal against you and i and but it sounds like i think actually south I think Sacramento State might actually jump them and be the one seed because they are undefeated and have an FBS win, which the committee values, seems to value. And South Dakota State, they lost lost to Iowa. And Who did Sacramento State beat? Colorado State. What do you think is more impressive, beating them or losing closely to Iowa? They, I would they, first – Yes, I, I would. I would agree. Them. I would agree with you, but I'm just going by what what the committee. What, yeah, the history, of history yeah. is. No, hundred yes. percent. Do I think South Dakota State is a better team than Sacramento State? Yes, a thousand percent. Yeah, but just going off recent history. Yeah, recent history, and just they'll still say, "Oh well, South Dakota State should have won. They would have been the one seed." But yeah, right. Yeah, and, and Sacramento State doesn't have that blemish on their record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they sit back and say, hey, you know, we played 11 games. We won 11 games. Yep. Uh, it's, it's not our fault your offense has decided to score three points against Iowa. You know, mm-hmm. too bad, you know. So, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be – we got um, – we'll preview the NDSU Southern Illinois a little bit later on and go, go down to the NFL. And we had a purple rain in Washington, D.C. this weekend as the Vikings – have won six in a row. They are now seven and one on the year. And it's it's just been a common theme. And I think it's just been the motto for the this Vikings team is they, they found a way. It was not pretty. It was ugly. And I think Washington is a lot better than what their record is. And I think with the news of Dan Snyder possibly putting the team up, or well, I think I say possibly, but it sounds like a 90% chance that he's going to be – putting the team up for sale that this is there, there was a little more juice and a little more excitement and energy around FedEx field on Sunday, because 
and Paul Allen talked about it on his radio show today that the Viking that Washington is a football town and they love their commanders football team Redskins whatever you want to call them we'll call them Redskins here because that's yep they're that's the Redskins Redskins forever Redskins forever hail nah I can't say that never mind no hail to the Redskins I'll no. say it. Ugh, gross yeah and and that is a football town and Paul and like like I said that it was there was a little bit more juice I think the team fed off that and they made it interesting but in the end the Vikings again they just found a way and Ethan where are the chains at um I did not wear them tonight but uh, uh Kirk probably still ooh. has them on his house ooh I hope Kirk has them on still. He looked great. Honestly, how how happy did he look? That was so cool to see. Since when did Kirk have a freaking six-pack? Like, the dude is yoked, actually. Dude's an NFL player. Yeah. This shouldn't I mean, shouldn't I don't think there's a lot of quarterbacks, like, white quarterbacks that look like him in the NFL, physically. No. No. Like, I was impressed. And yeah. it, it also, he's got he's got what two kids, two, two or three, two yeah, or three. Cooper. So it's, it's you know he he it's wears two. the dad Cooper and one more. He wears the dad outfit each week, you know. To yeah. his, his, and you'd think, oh, he's got a little little dad bod going there. You know, he's a white quarterback from Michigan. He's mm-hmm. he's he's not a specimen by by any means, but the dude looked good. He did. He did. My, I was pretty favorite, impressed. My favorite meme from the uh, from the weekend was. Kirk Cousins went to she'll be home by 10 to she calls me daddy too. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, it's fantastic. But the, damn good. The, this, this team is this team they just like find they find a way. They just seem so much more excited to be playing football this year compared to previous years. I saw I saw a video of a speech after after a Zimmer win where it was like very, very just business like, and then you they you watch the game, the post game speech yesterday where there was excitement. They were giving out game balls. There was cheering. You even got Ziggy Wolf in the locker room dancing. Yeah. And so I I think that there there's been a culture change. I think the players have bought in. I think it's letting Kirk be a little bit more of himself. Where it felt like with Zimmer he was more so walking on eggshells. And it, it's reflected. It reflects in the record that the culture that KOC has put in. Congratulations to him, by the way. Just just had a kid. Super Bowl baby, fourth yeah. kid. Super Bowl baby. Literally, he did tell the team that. <laughs> hey, he had a hell of a couple weeks in February. He won a Super he Bowl as coordinator for the Rams. First time head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. There's a lot to celebrate. Yeah. Oh, oh, Super Bowl. Oh, I got you now. I got yeah, it. Yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> I yeah. had to think about that for a little bit. I was like, wait, are you saying he's going to the Super Bowl? or? No, oh, it happened. It gotcha. happened yeah. Yep. He no, literally yeah. told the team, you guys do the math on that one, like in, our, in <laughs> their first meeting. All right. Yeah, well, well, who? Uh, Mich- Michigan's tight end, Eric All, he had a uh, – his son was first born – his first son was born August 27th, so you guys can do the math on that. And it's like he beat up Ohio State and then yeah. uh, then went home and beat up something else that night. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, 
But back but, back uh, to the Vikings game. The what game. are your guys' thoughts? Yes. Even though they didn't look the best, I thought that was their best game, if that makes sense. Um, Kirk made so many throws under pressure that were just absolutely ridiculous throws. Like that deep ball to Jefferson down the left sideline was just absolutely stupid with Jonathan Allen breathing down his neck. Uh, there were so many like that. So many he, the 50-50 balls that he's actually throwing this year. Like last year, he never would have even attempted half of those. Or this year, it's like literally he's doing it all the time now. Like Jefferson, how many 50-50 balls he probably should have caught? I mean, the, the two in the end zone probably should have been caught. One of them might have been P.I. I don't like – oh, a lot of people are saying P.I. at the end of the first half. I don't think it was. That was just good coverage by St. Juice. But uh, Kirk's given his guys chances, which you can't really say he's done the last couple of years. Well, and I, I think that goes to Dylan's point. New regime, new culture. Kirk's feeling good about himself. He's going to be a little more aggressive because he's probably got a head coach and an offensive staff who are telling him to take his shots. They're like, hey, Kirk, we got a pretty darn good defense over on this side, we feel. You can be aggressive and try to take those deep shots. And if you throw an interception, that's just like a long punt. You know, we'll get the ball again. And then guess what? Just keep attacking, keep attacking. And, and good things will happen. Yeah. Um, and again, we said this before, but last year's Vikings team would have found a way to lose this game. They'd be they, one in seven. They'd be what exactly? Yeah, exactly. They'd be all these one possession games. They'd be one in seven. Yeah. You know, like actually, last year we're always talking. Oh, what could happen if the Vikings would finish out these games and they'd be fifteen and two? Well, I'm not saying they're going to be fifteen and two this year, but they're finishing out these games and. You know, they, they got a pretty damn good lead in the division. They might they might mess around and win 12, 13 games. Well, that and 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 on the defensive side, their pass rush has improved every week where it seems mm-hmm. like Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter are just living in the backfield all the time. Cause I I don't know how many more times they sacked they sacked Heineke last, last yesterday, but it felt like it, well, you was, know, it was a good amount. And, and their situational pass rushing is impressive too because it seems like anytime it is a third down or a crucial spot in the game they find ways to get pressure on the quarterback and either get a sack or throw it away or make him throw throw the ball earlier than he wants and it doesn't go where the quarterback wants it to go like i don't know what the difference between a hurry and a pressure is like statistically speaking but i want to say zadarius is first tied for first and pressures Daniil's 12th, and then Daniil's third in hurries. So, like, that's just constant, like, from those two. Like, especially Zadarius, he's been an absolute menace. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also, guys, how big was, was the addition of TJ Hawkinson this week? First game, oh. nine catches, 70 yards. How many big third-down catches? On nine targets. On nine in targets. This, this guy have. They said third down, Washington's like, no, we're going to jet. We're going to double-team you or we're going to play this cover two shell and you're not going to beat us. Well, Hawkinson's just going to come slide in, get nine catches for 70 yards and you need to catch on third down. He's going to get it for you. And it was cool. After the game on the radio, he's interviewing Ben Lieber and they said, TJ, how do you feel? And he goes, I'm not going to lie. I haven't won many road games in my career. And this one, this, this one feels pretty good, but, and then he's only going to get better each week. Um, and, and, you know, now people are like, well, we can't let Jet beat us. KJ Osborne's a monster on third down. You're going to have one of the best tight ends in the NFL who's, what, only 25, you know, on your roster terrorizing yeah. these defenses. I mean, 
when was the you know when was the last time in Kirk's career he had a legit tight end who he could go to and he felt comfortable with? I mean, this this could be just another weapon for this offense to really take off in these coming weeks when he gets more comfortable, you know, with the system and KOC can see what he does well. And then also, not to mention what he's gonna do in the run game as a blocker. If you know, get get Dalvin going and then Madison, this offense could be unstoppable. Well, I feel like this is the first time they've been able to consistently get passes over the middle. I feel like everything for the first part of the year has been outside the numbers, where now mm-hmm. they have Hawkinson that just literally all he did was roam the middle and they had no answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I I looked up. I have the answer between the difference between a hurry and a pressure. So so hurries are when times the QB was hurt were hurried, which is defined as a situation when the QB is forced to throw the ball earlier than intended or is chased around slash out of the pocket as the result of defensive pressure. Hmm. And then pressures are, are hurries plus knockdowns plus sack plays. And note that sack okay. plays in this instant include both sacks and assists. Oh, there we go. So, there we go. That's our answer. Yep. That I found that on, where did I find this at? Pro football reference. Hey, so, uh, and and, you know, this is just me, guys, but that's my something new I learned today. So today was a good day. Yeah. Fun fact Monday go. on it. There, fun fact Thursday on a Monday. No, fun fact Friday on a Monday. It's 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 Monday. But people are hearing it on a oh, Thursday. Yeah. yeah oh, we're hearing shit. Well, it's, it's a fun fact, folks. Yeah. It's it a is. pretty fun fact. Yeah. And is that uh, that all that all you guys got for the Vikings? Vikings commandos? Yeah, Packers suck. That's my other Pack, option. On Pack, yes, yes. Let's let's just get that out of the way. The Packers are dead. They are dead. Dead, 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 dead. And I'm gonna just bite the. I'm I am totally setting myself up because that's who the Cowboys play, and I'm just gonna come back and bite me in the ass. But well, here, the real the real question is this: Is Green Bay gonna have any healthy players on Sunday? No, Rashawn Gary's done for the year. I mean, Gary's done. Uh, Dobbs is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll, we'll talk. Probably we'll a month. It. We'll preview it later because it's it's I, exactly. It's just the writing is all on the wall that the Cowboys are just going to absolutely shit the bed. Okay, so we're going to move over to a history team that actually repeat- played this week. History and- does repeat itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to mute. He's you. not going to catch it. He's not even playing. <laughs> He's not going to catch it. Yes. So he's, yes, he's not going to catch it, even though he caught it the first time. The Chiefs beat the Titans, and actually the Chiefs <laughs> and the refs beat the Titans. And, the Chiefs beat the Titans. And it was actually reported that Andy Reid brought the refs into the locker room after the game to give them game balls because apparently the NFL just said, we need the Chiefs to win. So, you know, we're going to change the rules that Throwing throwing hands at a guy's face and knocking him off is actually going to be defensive pass interference now. So that make sure the Chiefs win and I have to miserably be put into cornrows, which is just this is just a really bad couple of segments for me. So 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 two things two things on that. One, it was defensive holding, um, not defensive pass interference that the referee oh, called. Ass. Stupid. If you're gonna if you say it, get it right. You said you, then, you're a high school coach. You don't even know what the fucking call is. And, were a and, lot of two, and two, Dylan, what did the ref call? What, what can I say? Like MJ said, what did the ref call? 
Well, they, they you yeah. Know. When when they have to change the rules so they make sure the Chiefs. It's just like when he didn't catch it. What did the ref call? He said he didn't catch it because he didn't. Well, actually, the ref said he caught it, and the review people said he did. Yeah, he yeah. said he didn't. Yeah, so they were right. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey. but the Chiefs 2017, I think this is more of a incredible job that Mike Vrabel did because Malik Willis was is not ready to be playing and should – there's a reason he is the backup. And the fact that they had – it was like 91 plays to 48 and the Chief Titans led for the majority of the game. We, we, we need to stop doubting Mike Vrabel because I think I had the Titans not making the playoffs and not winning the division, had the Colts winning it, which, Grant, you and I both did, so we're both idiots. Oh, yeah, we're fools. And it goes back to the culture that he's he's built in Tennessee because when you look at this Tennessee team, they are all reflections of him as a player. Like, they are tough. They are going to do whatever it takes to get help the team win, and they are just going to punch you in the mouth and keep punching you until you you cry for mercy. Well, and, you know, let's also not forget this, guys. Yes, you know, Malik Willis played, and he was awful, and the Titans' only offense was Derrick Henry. But this is two years in a row. This Titans' defense has put the Chiefs in a phone booth, and they've bullied them. Uh, I really wish I could see the coaches' film, the All-22, on what the Titans' secondary was doing because for about 70% of that the night last night when you're watching these replays, they were just blanketing these chiefs receivers so props to the tennessee defensive coaching staff for putting together a game plan again without a bunch of starters on defense because like you said this this team is a reflection of their head coach well they're tough gritty and physical and it shows because they had a lot of hurt bodies out there guys but and then you know this tennessee pass rush they didn't back down like they didn't they didn't last season and they kind of got the chiefs out of their own game the Chiefs were more interested in John and, t- and talking with the Titans last night than they were trying to run and execute their offense, and, and it showed. Um, and then, but for the Chiefs' sake, what I've been, you know, the saying I've been saying all year, they're just a resilient team. They don't quit. They don't give up. And they're just a reflection of their head coach. They're going to keep grinding, and they're going to win games. And then also la- last night was a over-my-dead-body game from Patrick, from Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't going to stop. He was getting frustrated all night, but he just found a way. He found a way. And as soon as Tennessee didn't rush with integrity and they, he had an opportunity to use his legs. He took advantage of it and helped propel the chiefs to a victory on that, you know, third and 20. And you, you let him run for a first down. That's you just, you can't have that in this league. Especially against the chiefs. Well, and, and it goes to show just the, uh, because Collinsworth, I think this was would have been the Chiefs' first drive of the game, where they had a they had a holding call, and Collinsworth tied. And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I almost would decline this because I don't want to give them two extra plays because they're still dangerous enough to where, with two plays, they could still get it. But they, I mean, they held them to a field goal. But even on that third down, they they got it down to the four, mm-hmm. which. Which it's just how dangerous this team is. Um, uh, 
the guy they just traded for, Kadarius Tony. I mean, he was a big part of the plan, game plan. He was really good on first and second down. And then well, he had he, first 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 play, first catch of the night. Yep. And oh, Baltimore just scored. Kenny and Drake with the run, but the I think and you talked about it earlier with the with the Titans secondary. I did. I think the biggest key was is the Titans didn't have to blitz at all to where they were getting pressure with four guys and they were just mm-hmm. dropping everybody else back into coverage. But I think in the end, I think their pass rush just got worn down because when you throw the ball 68 times like the Chiefs did, you get tired, your mind starts to shut down, you get a little bit sloppy with your technique, and that's where they were would give up containment. Mahomes would run around and make some guys miss. And, well, that's why he's going to – he's the leading candidate for MVP of the league right now. And then – and also an adjustment the Chiefs they finally made for their rush defense in the second half. They took um, Derek Nadi out from the one technique, and they put in you know Kalen Saunders, big number ninety nine, and he he was uh, uh, clogging up that middle all night. And then in overtime, he had that big sack on second down, and he he, he tackled Henry for only a gain of one and a half on first down. So the Chiefs made an adjustment. They said, hey Tennessee, you know they're doing what they want to do. They're being physical. They're running Derek down our throats. We're going to make an adjustment because Nadi's been bad for two and a half years with that. And I just, I was always wondering why they didn't put Saunders in and get, give this guy a chance out of Western Illinois. And they finally did. And good things happened. And you know what? He, that young man probably played himself in a starting role, uh, you know, this upcoming Sunday against Jacksonville. So, you know, good for Spags and his defensive staff to make an adjustment and say, Hey, if we don't do this, Tennessee is going to beat us with eight passing attempts in this game, and that's just not acceptable. And it worked out. Respectfully, I hope they don't start him next week because Travis Etienne needs to have a big game. Why? Why? Why would that be, Ethan? Is he like it's a big week, guys? It's about I'm about to be six and three in fantasy if I win next week. So it's a big game, dude. Etienne could go for one twenty and two tutties, and I'll be upset. But you know what? As long as the Chiefs get the dub, let's roll. Exactly. So quick and selfish. We all can win yeah. here. Well, I'll I'll be selfish. I'll be selfish and root for you, Ethan. You root Thank for you. me. You root, I root for you. You root for me. Is that yeah, fair? Totally fair. I I I'm on I'm on board. ETS I'm not rooting for the Cowboys though or the Packers. I hope I hope if there's ever going to be a nuke, I hope Putin does it in that stadium Sunday. You know, because well, last a little bit harsh. last time I checked, Green Bay is high on his list of cities he wants to attack. So watch out. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> all right any any other games you guys want to discuss in the nfl uh how about how bad the rams and bucks are i mean they that was awful oh that, ne- neither team just doesn't want to block for their quarterback at all they're just terrible well, they don't, want, don't want to and or can't yes they're not good is is <laughs> jens is jensen gonna be back this year because i've heard i've seen reports that He's done for the year, and I've also seen that there's a chance he's coming back because if he's I, able to I, come I, back, I, I think that would. And, and and I think the other part too is is the Bucks are getting bailed out by how awful the rest of their division is. Yeah, for how good yeah, like, and I, and I, East is that division's like the opposite. Mm-hmm. Well, you're gonna have someone in the NFC East having to go to Tampa or Atlanta for a road playoff game and they're going to have four more wins than the team who's hosting this game. It's just a joke. Yeah. But I the mean, other you know, part is too, though, is 
ass, and they're and they're damn near in the lead for the division. It's it it's Tom Brady, and you can't count the guy out. So would it be that surprising if they they limp into the playoffs and then find themselves in the NFC Championship game? You I know, mean, I, normally, Dylan, normally, normally, Dylan, I would say no, I'm not surprised. But I've watched this Tampa Bay team this year, and they're just they're just not good. And this you know, isn't like those that, are... that last drive changed something this year. I don't know. They seem fired up after it. Obviously, they just won, but I mean, I doubt it. No, dude. I, 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 Ethan, we were talking on the phone during that slash yeah. drive, and I watched again, and it's just the Rams literally gave them everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah. gave them literally. They gave them everything, and you know, because Dylan, this isn't like your normal Patriots or Bucks team where you're like, hmm, they could put something together, and they're this just is, this team is they, almost a lot like they that feel 2019, off. 2019 Patriots team. Yeah, exactly. They just they feel off, and there's just no way they can they can compete with these best teams in the NFC. The only I way mean, I think they do is if, if we see vast improvement on the offensive line. But at at this point in the season, you, you basically are what you are in in, in the trenches, and they're not good. And, well, and I, then maybe, also, maybe if Ryan if Ryan Jensen does come back, maybe we'll see some improvement. But even still, that just that's going to take some time to gel because they still have new guys because Kappa's in Cincinnati. Two, and, and between Smith and Wirfs, both have been hurt throughout the year. So they've huh. they've struggled. And, yeah, I, you know, well, it, and it's, also, it's one of those things that I just you just have to bring up because it's Tom Brady. But then also, dude, they're dropping passes left and right. Yes. They had six drops yesterday. Six six drops. That's that's unacceptable. I mean, that's high school level. I mean, and the, there's some young receivers that they let go because, for you know, this is Tom's team and we got to do what he wants. So let's bring in old washed up veterans. But Justin Watson, um, who's playing for Kansas City this year, he's got two big touchdowns and he's had some big games. And then Tyler Johnson. I bet you they wish they could have those two young receivers now. But yeah, DJ at Tyler Johnson's back on their practice squad actually. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, he's back with the Bucks now? Yeah, he's back on the practice squad. Okay, well, so then so then again, they were listening to us, Ethan, and they yeah, realized they that they, they never should have stopped. Let's be real. Yeah. Oh. Well, it, between this, Iowa's offense, you know, we, we make people smarter, which is crazy because mo- most people who know us would not consider us very smart. Or not the, uh, not the, sharpest, we, knife in, not the sharpest knives in the drawer. Exactly. We're not going to disagree when you call us dumb because we're, we're not the dullest either, though. So, you know, there's, no. there's a good man. It's just kind of those classic guys from the Midwest. We're not great, but we're not bad. We're just kind of there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're just <laughs> kind of taking up space, but it's, it is what it is. Yes. So, all right. We, uh, we got our NFL talk out of the way for week, uh, sure. Week nine, week eight, week nine. Yeah. Week, week, week nine. nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, boys, the Astros, as I had said in the earlier, you know, they are World Series champions. Mattress Mac has $75 million. And Justin Verlander, hot wife, cute kid, two World Series rings. Dusty Baker, a baseball lifer, finally got his first first World Series trophy. So congrats to him. But I think this is a very cautionary tale for teams that try to, that rely exclusively on the home run ball. That that is not a way to win in October. 
and uh, the Phillies learned that the hard way. You, you talked about Verlander, but he also has never won a game in the World Series, I don't think, still. No, so. he just – no, he did. He won game game four or game he five, did. whatever he yeah, started. Well, that, yeah. was his, that was his first win in the World Series. Yeah. yeah. And he still Which, was yeah. – I thought this was his first World Series title because I didn't think he was on that seventeen team. No, he was. He was. He was traded mid-year. Oh well, never mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he got his first. Yeah, first World Series win. No, if Brett, if Bryce Harper was better, they would have won. This is true. This is true. It was if if Bryce Harper played the way Kyle Schwarber did. Would have, uh, um, it would have been. They, they, it might be a different story, but he didn't. And we, I will say this about Bryce Harper: he does have a badass walk-up song. If if you guys can hear it in this, like when he's coming up the bat, it, it gets the crowd into it. They're clapping along. It, 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 it's a catchy tune. I, I was a fan of it. It was Gio Urshla's uh, Christian Rock one. That, that one always hits you right in the field. God, it just For really sure. gets going. It gets you going. It gets you excited to be at the baseball game. I get pumped to go to church on Sunday because of that song. You know, sometimes you sit back and you're like, I shouldn't be here. I should be in mass right yeah. now. But guess what? I'm here. I paid for my ticket. Let's watch him. We're having fun. Yeah. Exactly. And so Dusty Baker got his first first win and you know who was there was a there was quite the connection between him and world series mvp jeremy pena with his it was hit with the first game he managed in the bigs big leagues jeremy pena's dad was playing for the cardinals hmm, that's was, wild uh, yeah it was uh he was coaching for the dusty was coaching for the giants First team he faced was the Cardinals, and the leadoff hitter for the Cardinals was Geronimo Pena, the father of Jeremy Pena. Hmm. Small world. Yeah. The more you know. That's another fun fact. Fun fact Friday on a Thursday, but recorded on a Monday. Yep. Wow. That was enough. I got it out. I'm impressed you got that out. I actually am too, because normally I have a problem enunciating. I'm usually not impressed with what you say, but that, that was good. That was, that a, was good. It, it's a word. It is a word salad. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, this World Series, guys, I'm feeling pretty cocky because I said Astros and six, Astros and six. And hey, Dusty got his first World Series. So, you know, Grant's feeling pretty cocky right there. His first prediction he made at the beginning of the series, which, ooh, picking the Astros. That's real original. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did I say, I think I said Astros in five. And then, Ethan, you had Phillies in seven. Right, I had Astros in seven. Oh, you had Astros. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, close. You're the one that looks like an idiot. How do I look like an idiot? I don't know. Well, because well, you, you didn't give the Phillies enough credit. Well, that, that, that too. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's, uh, that's baseball. Hopefully the Twins can do something in free agency. I saw the uh, Correa opted out. They finally said goodbye to Miguel Sano. Thank God. Jake Cave gone too as of October 11th. I didn't even see that till today. What a glorious day. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And then they, they picked up Sonny Gray's option. Yeah, that was expected. So. They were free. 
that was expected. So they're going to try and resign him. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. But like we said, college basketball is opening night tonight. The Bison, last I looked, were down by eight to number 10 ranked Arkansas. We won't do a whole lot. Maybe maybe at some point, maybe once football uh, football's over, we'll get somebody on, talk some college hoops with us. But since in honor of college basketball starting, we're each going to give out our final four picks that probably will we will go 0 for 4 on. But, hey, you know what? We're idiots. We embrace it, and we're going to roll with it. Hey, and just like the Green Bay Packers, this will age like sour milk. Yes. So, Ethan, outside of Wisconsin, who are your other three teams in the final four? Um, I've only picked them once to make the final four, and they did it. So, if I do it again, I'll be pissed because then they'll obviously make it. But uh, <laughs> I did uh, I did Creighton. I went with the famous Omaha town. Uh, I knew you were going to pick pretty good. I, I knew on that one, too. Yep. Yeah, Creighton's fantastic this year. They're dangerous. Um, Big on top of that, oh nice. I went with UNC. I feel like that's an easy pick. Uh, they're going to be absolutely fucking loaded. Like, I mean, stupid loaded. They're going to make everyone look like idiots for the ACC. Uh, my third <laughs> one, they are. Like, actually, my oh, third yeah, one is, this is my on. surprise. This is my surprise right here. TCU. I had a Jamie Dixon's gonna, gonna get go it done, dude. I was talking to Alec last week, and he was telling me he says what he said. Watch out for TCU, also. They're gonna be freaking good, man. They return a lot. They were solid that. last year. But my my uh, my fourth team, and honestly, the team that I have picking to I picked to win it, uh, Houston. Okay. They, you know uh, what? I, when you texted us today that said you were feeling confident about your national championship pick, I was like. This motherfucker is rolling with the Houston Cougars. Oh, he's dude, a big they return, Samson guy. They get Sasser back, who missed 26 games. They get Mark back, that missed 32. They're their two leading scores that they were completely missing for three quarters of the year last year. Plus, they get a five star mm-hmm. and they and Sheed or Shed, the guy that let him in the tournaments back. Like, that's insane. Yeah. They're going to be freaking stupid good. But no, Char- uh, so to piggyback um, off of what Ethan said, my first Final Four team, guess where I'm going with? I'm going with the Houston Cougars also. <laughs> ah, what a smart man. Yeah, Just because, uh, like Ethan said, they bring back so much talent and they they always seem to get shafted in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. I think this is the year they finally, in the COVID year. Um, well, they went to the Final Four in 2021. Yeah. They did, yeah, but. You know, or was it 2020? Was it the COVID year and they got destroyed? 2021, oh, yeah, then Elite Eight right. last you're, year. Yeah, you're right. Or you're this right. year, technically. Yeah, you're right. Um, but then, you know, this year I think they get back and they actually get the credit they deserve because there will be fans there and it will actually mean something. True. Um, so I'm, I got, I like I said, the first team, the Houston Cougars, and then I'm going to go to the Great Northwest and second Zag. Um, I like, oh, I like the Zags because also, guys, and their non-conference this year, they're actually playing real opponents. They're playing Baylor. They're playing Texas. They're playing Alabama. They played them last year. They played Duke. They played Baylor last year. Yeah. But I now I guess I say, well, I'm think they're going to learn from their mistakes okay. that they made last March. And you know, I, I just I think Mark Few's going to get his team back to the Final Four. They're not going to win it. I think they're going to get there. Uh, so I'll roll with the Zags, and then also I'm going to go with the team NDSU's playing Arkansas. Ooh, ballsy. Um. Tons of you know, talent, 
a lot of talent. You know, they get to the Elite Eight last year. I think Musselman's going to build off that. He's got a good culture where they play defense and they get rebounds. And they're going to take that next step to get to the Final Four. So I'll go Arkansas there. And then, again, like Ethan said, surprise, surprise, North Carolina. That backcourt is filthy. It's just filthy. I mean, they have the closest thing to professional roster we have in college basketball. And the thing, they bring back everyone who beat who beat Baylor, who beat UCLA, and who beat Duke in the tournament. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win it all, but they could be fired up like that 2017 team when they lost um, the year before in the title, where they might just mess around and win this whole thing. So yeah, I'm going to end. I'm going to end it and say Carolina. Going back to your Arkansas pick, I was watching them tonight. I have no idea who number two is for them, but he's like some like six ten athletic freak that plays like a point guard, and it was kind of terrifying to watch. <laughs> and it's crazy, but doesn't Muslim have like the number three recruiting class in America last year? And like uh, they might have had the top. Class. They had like three for five stars top class? or some shit. It was like <laughs> the top three. Yeah, that, it was they just got stupid. Like, they got like three of the top ten guys from the transfer portal too, didn't they? Yeah, they just like freaking that? loaded yeah. them up. Because they got so the Rhode loaded. Island transfer, and they got some couple other ones too. They but. still have O'Banner from uh, Oral Roberts two years ago. He tra- mm-hmm. well because he was at Texas Tech, wasn't he? I believe I thought he transferred to uh, Arkansas this year, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there's a different transfer. Maybe he did. Well, it's hard to say because you know with the COVID year, the exemption, it it, it is possible. Um, I just saw on the TV, NDSU's only down 11 with eight minutes left. So, I mean, yeah. they got them right where they want them. Yeah, I, 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 it sounds like because they, they played Crookston in their exhibition, and it sounds like from uh, what Kolpak was saying, it looked like a completely different, different roster uh, offense from what they've ran the previous years there. They've kind of taken the reins off and let them play a little bit more freer and a little more, more go. He uh, referenced uh, Paul Westhead as, uh, which uh, mostly, if you guys know, the uh, uh, was a uh, that fast break uh, kind of the. Well, he was he was an assistant for the Showtime Lakers, and then took over as head coach when the original coach had a bike accident, like eleven games in, and he took over and was kind of the invent was was an assistant, and then took it to the next level the, for the Showtime Lakers, won that first championship with Magic Johnson as a rookie. Yep, don't remember that. Don't Did not know that. Yep. Did not know that either. That's on the uh, that's on the HBO. If you guys watch the HBO, uh, the HBO show uh, Winning Time, you'll, you'll, you'll learn about it. And it's also, it's, which is based off the book, the uh, Showtime by Jeff Perlman, which is a fantastic book as well, which discusses most of it as well so you know I've, I've i've gotten two two free uh book recommendations all right guys. well who's your who, who's your three teams besides michigan what well i do have michigan in shocking oh, surprise, surprise. yeah where, where are your amazing blue glasses bud come on let's take them off yeah well you know reed is not that good Fan is short for fanatic, so you know what i'm gonna rock with the amazing blue you know what i'm gonna take out minnesota gophers are winning the whole damn thing Ben Shut Johnson up. for president. He's going to be the up. governor. Yeah, we're going to write Ben Johnson in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, perfect. Uh, oh, well, Ethan, like you said, I have Michigan. And then similar to Grant, I also have Arkansas in. Oh, there's so. 
They're so the screwed. The you guys are <laughs> fucked. And so screwed. Well, wait, I early predictions. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've already accepted my fate. At least I'm not an idiot and bit the, uh, been sipping the Gonzaga hype train like somebody here. Hey, they've done better than Michigan. Eh, maybe. Hey, they have a Final Four. What have you gotten? The Sweet Sixteen. They played two national championships. Uh, one, doesn't, one doesn't count. Which one? Oh wait, no, Louisville's championship doesn't count. But yes, we all does. know Peyton. We all know um, um, that was a foul on Peyton Siva. Hundred percent. It's not even close. We know that, that was a foul. <laughs> that you mean that wasn't a foul on? No, Trevor? that was. What did that call? He called the foul. Yeah, he called well, it. He called it. Yeah. He had a bad day. Sometimes you're you are just up so upset with officials right now. <laughs> oh, I'm not. That was like ten years ago. And here okay. we are talking about. It. Yeah, you, see, you, so I didn't bring it up though. You guys brought it up. I don't know what you're talking about. We just gave our opinions. <laughs> yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. Well, you know what they say: opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And like it's Grant, true. I also have Arkansas in the Final Four. I think the must bus. Makes it to where is the final four this year? Even, uh, oh, it's in Houston. That's is it in Houston. It's in oh. Houston. The Cougars have a home game. Ooh. Oh, yes. But Dylan, back to your point sometimes babies don't have assholes, so that's a false statement. Well, oh my god, what's going about... on? Why the, the, the... well, actually, guy is really at it today. <laughs> and uh, my, my last team rounding out the Rounding out the final, my final four, or no, I guess I still got two more teams to go. Is is the Baylor Bears? I like Scott Drew to get back there. They only won by like eighty tonight. Yeah, they only won by eighty. Strictly why I picked them, I saw they won by eighty. So you know what I said? I'm gonna. They're making it to Houston. That's a good choice. I like. And then rounding out the final four, this is a uh, unanimous between us three is Carolina. The favorite, and if it is, if the the final four is in Houston, they go back to the scene of the crime from 2016, where they lost on a buzzer beater to Villanova. So, my final four: UNC, Michigan, Arkansas, Baylor. I said, I see you guys did like whiteboard marker, and I did Sharpie. Yeah, Sharpie. Too early to tell. March the the NCAA tournament that's such a so much based on matchups. It it's just dumb luck. It well and really also, is. You know, come March, I'll realize that I should no longer trust Tennessee basketball and I don't trust Gonzaga basketball, so I will not have Gonzaga in the Final Four. Nothing makes you feel stupider than filling out a bracket and three days later you look like a fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just like fire and walk away. The guys, <laughs> the guys like us who follow college basketball throughout the year and feel like we're the smartest people in the room and then there's this random chick that basically picks it on the cuteness of mascots win- wins your bracket pool <laughs> it's the whole thing yep. it's, so. it's awful it's 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 one of the most humiliating um humbling experiences out there the really my, my number one rule never trust georgetown never trust georgetown never trust gonzaga or never tennessee. Trust tennessee never trust or Duke Iowa. Past the second round or, or Iowa, do... Iowa in the first round. Yeah. Well, they have white guards. What do you expect? Oh, it's awful. <laughs> we are so bad. <laughs> they have guards named Connor McCaffrey and Jordan Bohannon. What do you think is going to happen? Bohannon's still there? No, 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 no. no, no. But oh, if you, I was going to say. Can you say two as unathletic white guys as you can get? 
Well, it is Iowa, so yes. Yeah, that's hey, true. You know, if if Lonzo, if um, if Lamar Ball said that, Lamar Ball said that, Ethan, we'd be we'd be on national news. But but you're not Lamar Ball. I'm so not important, matter. so it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll uh we'll move back to football, and this is a quite the uh, trifecta. All three of our teams play at one thirty this weekend. What a so, weird time. Well, one thirty okay. Mountain, two thirty Central. Oh, that's still yeah. a weird time. It's always, that's always when the afternoon game started. Two or two thirty Central, one thirty Mountain. Oh, two thirty Central. Sorry, I was like thinking we were like behind you for a second. Sorry. No, no, the daylight savings is messing with me too. It's okay. I, I was talking to I was talking to my buddy about this this weekend. Is they should move that? They should do the clock thing on a Monday because I can sleep all day Sunday. I can't sleep all day Monday because I have to work. Give me an extra hour on Monday where I, I'm i going to need it. I don't need an extra hour on a Sunday. But give me that Monday. I will be the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm not I'm very not sharp. Busy. An extra hour of sleep is an extra hour of sleep. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Ethan. Anytime I can get an extra hour of sleep, I'm feeling good. I'm Sign feeling confident. Me. Let's go attack the – You know, let's get to work. So – so I guess we can just start with. You guys have a preference who we start with talking. Let's get Michigan over with. Let's All right. Minnesota. All right. <laughs> Let's get Michigan over with. Yeah, they played yeah. Nebraska. They, they it's don't dead. It's done. It's yeah. over. It's fine. One thirty. ABC. Casey Thompson. It is a. Uh, he's questionable. He's got a nerve injury in his throwing arm. He didn't play last week against the Gophers. Michigan's a twenty-nine. Twenty-nine point favorite. Uh. Nebraska's defense ranks last in total defense in the Big Ten. Comes down to Michigan, play Michigan football for 60 minutes. The game's going to be over. I would like, if, if there's anything that I want to see out of this game, is I want to see J.J. McCarthy hit somebody deep for like a 50, 60-yard house call. And just get out of there healthy and just uh, keep, keep uh, moving up. And, you know... This is a, uh, you know, football, it is a climb. And if you guys have ever seen the movie Everest, you know, you'll learn that if somebody falls, like if you die climbing Everest, you're not getting, your body is staying there forever. I actually just watched a documentary on Everest the other night. It's pretty messed up. You're, you know, in football, it is a climb. You know, you're just trying to get to that next base camp. And... Michigan, they're they're getting closer to the summit and they're building up towards it, and they're at the point where they are crossing dead bodies, and they've got a chance to end Nebraska season and leave that dead body on Everest, and just be looking at them if they go take care of business because Nebraska loses this one, they're not making a bowl again. So, just show up sixty minutes of Michigan football, you're gonna be just fine. Well, yeah, Michigan shouldn't have a problem having 500 yards of offense in this game. I mean, you know, if Georgia, Georgia Southern can show up to Lincoln on a Saturday in September and put up 550 yards of offense, there's no reason this Michigan offense can't do the same. And, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they have 250 yards on the ground. You know, Dylan, this this should look a lot like that 2018 game, just a wally yes. hopping. Yep, exactly. You know, you know, towards Dan Gable, go up, dominate, go home, 
and get ready for Illinois and Ohio State to end your regular season. But exactly. you're you're right. The big thing come out of come out of this game healthy. Yeah. Because it really it really shouldn't be close. This is this is another game where you could probably keep Corum in the garage, try to keep him at about that twenty carries, get CJ Stokes some more touches, Donovan Edwards some more touches, and and then that way he is uh, he's a little bit fresher for these next two games. So we'll we'll go over to you know what it, we, it's a rivalry game, so we'll, we'll go Iowa Wisconsin next, and with I. Wisconsin travels to Kinnick, and Wisconsin, where Wisconsin is actually a one-and-a-half-point favorite with a 130 mountain on FS1. And let's see here. This is going to come down to quarterback play, I feel like. whoever, Whichever quarterback plays better is going to win this game. And if Petrus can keep building on what he's done the last two weeks, I like Iowa's chances. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Dylan. I mean, which quarterback makes the least amount of mistakes? Which quarterback only has one turnover, not two? And which quarterback can complete – if one quarterback can complete 60% of his passes, I think that team's going to win. That's That might be the number I have right there. Which quarterback can get over 59.5% completion percentage and win the game? Because if, if with these two offenses, with – how kind of stagnant they are. If you can complete six out of 10 passes, that means you're getting some passes on third down. You're setting your offenses up for third and short, and then you can establish that running game and keep the defense um, unbalanced and not knowing what's going to come next. You have a great shot at winning this game. And then, you know, also last year I said with turnovers when Iowa was played, Iowa had three turnovers inside their own 20 yard line which led to, you know, I think Wisconsin winning the game 28 to nine. Uh, and if Iowa doesn't have three turnovers inside their 20, who knows what happens? So you just got to keep doing what you've done these last few weeks, establish yourself at the line of scrimmage and let your defense go out there and make play. You know, set Wisconsin up for those, you know, in passing situations and Graham Mertz will throw it to the Iowa secondary a couple of times. And then you capitalize off that. And, and good things will come. Yeah, I just think Iowa's defense is going to shut Mertz down. He's just terrible. They, I mean, Illinois held them to two rushing yards. Like, and, and Iowa's defense is better than Illinois. I just don't think Wisconsin's offense has near enough firepower. You're not saying Iowa's offense is good by any means, but Wisconsin's defense is average. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't the old Wisconsin defenses you're no. used to want. No, not even close. No, and well, if Iowa wins this, they're they're going bowling, which we we did not think was going to happen a few weeks ago. So we'll go go to you their... know a couple of weeks ago we were looking we were, we were looking for that fourth win. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you, you know, just you have to keep Ryan Ferentz in there in your closet there, and just keep yep. eating him crumbs. If you call a good game, you know, to. It'll, uh, you, you guys, I like your guys' chances because, you know, and then you get to go send them back to that deserted cheese wasteland who, wasteland where everybody works at a local creamy creamery and they're not that special. So, Iowa, and, Wisconsin, 130 FS1. So, and I'm you know, sure. the people of Wisconsin smell horrible too because they actually use sticks of butter as deodorant. Ew. <laughs> 
And then they what? bathe in gross. they bathe in Belvita. They're just nasty gross. <laughs> Where'd you get that one from? I've I've said that for years because I have yet to meet one actually nice person from Wisconsin. They're all kind of ugly and just dopey. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. All right. And then we'll go over to Minnesota Northwestern, the Big Ten game, Big Ten Network game at 130. Minnesota's a 17 and a half point favorite. And Minnesota is looking to keep Northwestern winless in the United States this year. So, Ethan, who is uh, who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Gophers? I'm not going to act like I know. I hope it's Ethan. I think he is a much better option. But either way, you're just going to get a lot of, a lot of uh, Mo on Saturday. High of 27, possible snow. If oh, they throw yeah. 15 times, I will be shocked. But uh, I bet you it'll be 10. Yeah, I, I, especially you 10. should be able to run all over Northwestern. Um, so hopefully it shouldn't matter. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be very, very, very cold and just going to be a Big Ten right, November game, like the definition of it. Mm-hmm. And that game is at Huntington Bank Stadium. He got it right for yeah. Wow, look at you. You're growing and learning. Something like that. That's that's the goal. And go go down to the FCS where NDSU plays Southern Illinois, the Salukis. That game's at 12 p.m. on WDAY and ESPN Plus. 12 Mountain, that is. SIU, is, they're playing for a playoff spot right now. If they lose this game, it's going to be very tough for them to get into the playoffs. It's not completely dead, but... It, it will be very tough for them to get in. They've very up and down year. They started 0-2, losing to Incarnate Word and uh, Southeast Missouri. And then they beat Northwestern. And they've finally kind of righted the ship for a while. They've I think they lost to South Dakota State. They're coming off a bye, so they've had a, an extra week to pre- prepare. It's a little bit of a strength on strength because Southern Illinois, they ranked ninth in rushing defense this year. So Bison are going to face a tough test there. Uh, probably after the last two weeks where Lipke's only had, I think, like a total of like six carries. I think they're going to be taking the reins off him. And then Southern Illinois, they also have two really good receivers. So I think it's going to be important. They can get pressure on the quarterback, force him, make him uncomfortable, force him into some untimely throws, and be a good test for this NDSU secondary that's been pretty consistent pretty solid all year and probably their most consistent unit on the defensive side of the ball. And it, this is somewhat of a must win game for NDSU because if they lose this one, they will probably be playing in on Thanksgiving weekend. Oh yeah. Weekend. What's that? Who does SDSU have this weekend? Uh, They go to Illinois state. They go to normal. Okay. So it could be a tough that's and that's another Illinois State's looking to try to get in too because if they win that's a good resume booster and but I I don't think I don't see South Dakota State losing that one. No. But yeah, you know, Dylan, your point. NDSU, they get in November, get rolling, keep that running game going, get the, the pass rush going like a classic NDSU defense has, and and, and good things will happen. And, you know, they know how hard it is to win a title. And if you 
it, it's even harder to win a title if you got to play what four straight weekends, Thanksgiving through the end of the first semester. So hopefully they come out focused, you know, with their hair on fire, a sense of urgency, knowing that, hey, we're going to end, um, you know, SIU season. And let, let's keep this thing rolling for us. And, you know, like we said, get this by, play this week, play next week, be able to put your feet up and then, you know, go for the home stretch. Yep. D- down the field there. Yeah. And it, it'll be interesting. This is, could also be a possible bring your own energy type of game. They're going to Carbondale, which it seems like that's a stadium that has a lot of buzz early in the year. And then as the weather gets colder, you know, it fans kind of start to lose interest where it's not as full of a stadium, but we'll see. It shouldn't matter if they, they got to play like they did last week. And who knows if the weather's crappy, like it is, NDSU is not going to care if they only have to throw the ball five times. They if they don't have to if they got through a game run throwing the ball no times they would be perfectly fine with it because strength of their team is running the ball and just pounding teams into the next continent. So mm-hmm. just play their game and just like like I said with Michigan, you know they're they're ascending and going towards the summit. Leave SIU on the side of the side of the mountain. And let's uh, let's go. To, you guys got any other college games you want to talk about? Nah, no, I don't even know what's I, going on. TCU Texas. I, mean, I was going to say that that's the one game I'm intrigued about because you know Texas could maybe put a damper on TCU's playoff um, implications if they were to win this, and then also if Texas wins this, this could be a you know, rematch in Dallas for the Big Twelve title game. Because right now it kind of looks like Kansas State, Texas, Baylor, they're all fighting to play TCU again. In Texas, you know, they still got to play TCU and they still got to play Baylor. So kind of a make or break game for Sark, Sark and the Horns, you know, this Saturday. Oh, and we, we hey, I'm pretty sure the Bison covered, though. So Bison lost to Arkansas 76-58. I think the spread was like 21 and a half, so. You know, oh, good teams team. win, great teams cover. So we got that going. And let's let's segue up to the NFL where Vikings play the Bills. Bills are six and a half point favorite up in Buffalo, which that would have been a fun game to go to, I think. Going up to up yeah. to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And that is a we're we're gonna find out more about this Vikings team, and this is uh, Josh Allen. I sounds like he's got some issues with his elbow, UCL. So, yeah, with his UCL. So it might be a uh, Vikings. When you hear that, it might be a it, this could be a Vi- a Bills a somewhat of a, a Bills revenge, revenge game revenge? because it could be a Keenum Diggs Keenum mm-hmm. Diggs for the Bills Keenum Diggs revenge game. Yeah. yeah. You have to Mike, think, and, and, and then I also heard Mike Zimmer might be coming out of, uh, might be coming up from Jackson State to help coach if that is the case. <laughs> Depending on how this news comes out with Allen's uh, elbow tomorrow, you have to think that line could take a pretty, pretty big swing. Yeah. Well, you got to think Josh Allen's worth at least seven points. Yeah. Or at least at least five. Mm-hmm. And they're right? coming off a game where they lost and they did not play well either. No. So they're going to be coming out firing. Yeah, and possible nerve, nerve yeah. damage I saw in there. That's So that's interesting. That's, so he, his, his arm was tingly. 
I'm, I'm going to say that's not good. No, it's usually not. It's, I think it sounds like it's like the same injury Casey Thompson has at Nebraska. So he almost like loses feeling in his hand or something for a week. Yeah, it's like a nerve injury in his like elbow on his throwing arm. I, well, then they said I, it's his UCL, and that's like the Tommy John and Yeah, out. like that's a big that's a big thing. And then for someone to throw with as much torque and power as Allen does, yeah, like. I don't want to look into it because you don't wish injury on anyone, but that's scary. Yeah, that's a big, big question going into tomorrow. Yeah. So that is, yeah, it's, I'm excited. I think the Vikings, well, and, and we have a Cook Brothers matchup as well. Yeah. Vikings need to run the ball. Yeah, they, they have like to the go. Thing. Yeah. Be effective. I think you could even, we talked about TJ Hawkinson having nine catches, 70 yards. I think you're going to need another performance out of him because that Buffalo secondary is... well, I don't think Poyer is going to be playing again so he hurt him, that elbow again him and Hyder out is Tredavious White he hasn't played yet has he I don't think so oh so you so you got Elam on Jefferson and then their other their other rookie and then also guys let's not forget it's allegedly Frazier revenge game yeah call, call well, Buffalo. Rusu, Rusu, their DM, their, their rookie DM, yeah. he's out for a couple weeks, too, ankle injury. Like, they're falling yeah. like flies. They're dropping like flies there in Western New York. Well, yeah. and also, this is this is a bit of a revenge game in for the Vikings because the last time they played in Buffalo, they gave up a fourth and 20, which fourth made it 20. on Paul, Paul Allen's 12 days, of, 12 days of Christmas that year, that fourth and 20 in Buffalo, damn it. That's right. Yeah, this, this is an interesting game because – if the Vikings can run the ball and slow down that Bills pass rush, that that's your recipe for beating this team. You have to run the ball. They suck at have, it. Yeah, and, and the Bills can't run the ball, and they have a hard time stopping the run. Yeah. But, you know, also to Dylan, to your point, you know, over these years, you know, Travis Kelsey has had some really big games against the Bills. And this, this might be what Hawkinson needs to do for the Vikings to have a chance again in this game. Because you can guarantee Sean McDermott's going to sleep in that office all week, and he's going to say, "How are how is eighteen not going to beat us?" So it, it's up to Osborne, Thielen, and I think Hawkinson. Um, but again, with all these injuries Buffalo might have, who knows? They might not be able to stop anybody just because they don't have the horses. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think Cook Cook needs to be an option out of the backfield as well, catching the ball out of the backfield as well. Yeah. God, that's tough to do against those linebackers, though. Milano and Edmonds yeah. are so – I mean, Milano was all over the field this year against the Chiefs. Um, but, you know, Dalvin, Dalvin is better than Hilaire and Pacheco, so, you know, maybe maybe he can do it. Yeah, well, we'll move over to a team that the uh, Bills beat a couple of weeks ago. Chiefs play the Jaguars in Arrowhead. Nine and a half point favorites the Chiefs are. That's at 11 a.m. Mountain on CBS. So, I don't know. Are you guys going to be doing a dual TV thing going on there? Or uh, how, how do you guys plan on watching? Or just I, I work. So I'll watch bike. Vikings oh. on my phone. Okay. Gotcha. I don't even know because I, I think Fox has the doubleheader this week. So They do. Uh, if they have regional coverage, I don't know if they're going to have the Chiefs on up here. They're just going to be some slappy. Game because you know in week three when they had this when the Chiefs lost to the Colts um that that wasn't even on up here 
So uh, I guess we'll we'll wait and see to see which game, you know, they even have. Because, you know, the Vikings will be on Fox, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what CBS is going to put on yet. CBS. Well, maybe – well, here maybe a Broncos-Titans is an option. Other than that, I don't – I don't really foresee unless any this, unless they do like Browns Dolphins on CBS instead. But usually they usually this, in, in over here in anyways you'll get Denver do the Chiefs. But I might but get this, Denver to. But this could be the classic game where maybe in Minnesota here, since the Vikings are playing against the Bills, they don't even have a game on at at noon on CBS. They might. It not. Might, they might not. They've done that before, Dylan. Where it's just straight up, just. There's only one game up. Yeah, well, and looking at it though, because the, the CBS game is Colts Raiders. So Oof. I, Oof. Yeah, so I think it, I think they'll have it'll be the two two games on at eleven, and then the Fox game at at two twenty five. Which I guess yeah. that's a that's a pretty good segue there. We just did there. All right. But I will I'll, say this: we're getting better. You got to turn Trevor Lawrence over twice. Don't even give them a shot. If he turns the ball over twice, they should win this game by 10 points. Because when yep. he doesn't turn it over and ETN gets rolling, that's when this Jaguars team can get a little scary. And, you know, you give a team a chance and you let them hang around, bad things will happen. Which we might add, we are all rooting for, for ETN to have a big day. Yeah. yeah. We're all fighting to support each other. I want exactly. ETN to go for 120 and two tutties. Lawrence 203 has two hundred and three tutties. Come on, let's let's be nice. Okay, that's fair. Two hundred three tutties, but Lawrence also has two turnovers, and the Chiefs still get away. I like there that. There I can go. get him. So, back to the uh, we had a good segue, then we didn't because we forgot we actually had to talk about the Chiefs Jags game. But we're back to the two twenty five game of the week: Cowboys Packers. Cowboys coming off a by a week, so having an extra week to prepare. Cowboys need to keep Aaron, the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers, LaFleur, that entire shithole of a state, dead. Keep them dead. Don't even give, let them think that they have a sense of life. You know, I don't, I'm, I don't condone, you know, beating a dead horse or kicking somebody while they're down, but you, you can do that to the Packers because Aaron Rodgers has tortured the Cowboys over the years. And you know what? Michael Parsons, three to four sacks. Demarcus Lawrence, two. Couple of two Trayvon Diggs picks. Dak Prescott, 400 yards. Zeke and Pollard, both for <laughs> 200 yards. CeeDee Lamb, two touchdowns. Gallup, two touchdowns. And then, you know what? Noah Brown works hard. You know what? He, he can get a touchdown, too. So. We're going full IMG Academy here. Yeah, exactly. I feel a lot of and, pent and, up and, and you, you know what? Mike McCarthy returns 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 back to Green Bay and he gets a happy happy homecoming. Yeah, I feel like you have a lot of um pet, um built up hatred towards Green Bay. It's like they've torched you twice in the playoffs. And you yes. still can't get that. Yes, they is there, have. Is there any truth to that? That that's a, a thousand percent true, which is similar to when uh, on pardon my take when Big Cat uh, Aaron Rodgers asked Big Cat if he has if it makes him feel any feel bad that 
his greatest big cat's greatest success is when the Packers lose in the playoffs and it has nothing to do with the bears. Mm-hmm. And, and similar, my, my response is similar to what big cat is, is no, because very realistic about the Cowboys is, you know, not a great franchise as of late. They do a lot of stupid things because Jerry's mostly about himself. And you know what? I look forward to every year in the playoffs when the Packers blow blow a game and lose because mm-hmm. then you get to see everybody melt down. You get to go and hear how awful, awful Rodgers is, how awful the GM is, how they need an owner, how you have to tear down Lambo and build a dome because that way they don't have to deal with the cold. <laughs> and I'm so, you know what? And the spin zone is, is, you know, the, that, 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 that's kind of my Super Bowl, And I've, I've won a lot of Super Bowls more than Aaron Rodgers has. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. The pettiness, the built up aggression, um, the really middle school rivalry type thing. I'm all here for it. So I'm, I support you 100%, Dylan. I'm with Ethan. Let's go IMG Academy. 96 rip at halftime. And, we, you know, the people of Wisconsin might burn that stadium down. If they get past the 30, Dylan, you have to shave your head. No. <laughs> no. And how's no. he going to get his cornrows? Oh, true. We got to paint them on his head. Yeah. Ooh, even better. Well, so my mom found out about this uh, this cornrows thing, and she told me that she would, which I'm surprised she hasn't already, but uh, she said that if I got cornrows, she would disown me. So She won't. She loves you. That's what I said. I, but eh, eh, which I I hope I don't. It does doesn't happen that I have to get cornrows. But it was the I the Chiefs are playing way too well. They've got too many things on their side. They have the refs on the payroll, and they're gonna find a way to win and make put make this torch have this torture on me. Now so, I have a question for you. What would be worse, getting the cornrows because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl? Or having to listen to the Eagles fans say "Fly Eagles, fly" because they won the Super Bowl. You know what? I almost think still getting cornrows because since I was like six years old, people have been telling me I could get my hair like that, or I need to grow an afro and all this shit. <laughs> and it's like, no, there, there, there are way too many people that would get too much satisfaction out of me walking around with cornrows in and I would hate myself for it because I, I just don't want to give that many people that, that much satisfaction. The Eagles thing is whatever, because at the end of the day, there's still a second rate franchise that only took them 9,000 years to win two Super Bowls. Congratulations. You haven't even seen the Cowboys win one. Yeah. I, but you... uh, not true. Not true. Stop I was one year old. I was one year old. Same thing. It still counts. I was still alive. I was when there. You your, I when was, you shit your pants, that doesn't count. The Super Bowl, huh? You, you couldn't use the toilet. That doesn't count. You couldn't what even you say about? Dallas. Yes. I don't know that. You, you could barely say Dad. I bet you couldn't. You couldn't Dallas. even use silverware. <laughs> I, I they still won when I was alive. Are you watching the History Channel? Yes, because that's all I have, okay? Do you watch – is it just the 97 Michigan season and, and then and then 95 Dallas? Do you watch anything from this century? 
well, recently, yes, because I also have been able to add the 2021 Michigan-Ohio State game and the 2021 Big Ten Championship game. Holy shit, one out of, 13, one out of the past 14 years. That's pretty wild. Yep. And, and let's then, see what else. What else so do it, I have? Oh, it, uh, the, the run that Orlando went on in 2009 when they made it to the NBA Finals. So 13 years ago. Yeah, I. So you know what? Yeah, I, I. There, you, you guys are probably just lucky that most of my that I choose shitty teams to cheer for because I would be completely insufferable and I probably wouldn't have friends if my teams were actually good. So you guys I'm are lucky. That because I wouldn't talk to you if you were, <laughs> you were like a Golden State fan or like a Patriots fan from years past. I couldn't talk to you. Well, I mean, Tom, I, I'm about as big of a Tom Brady fan as you'll. You'll yeah, get. but you're not sucking down chowder left and right, and 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 and, and starting uh, bar fights in the middle of the afternoon. You're not it's, a Bostonian. Yeah, well, no, it's not chowder. It's chowder. Chowder. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. You would, like you said, would be so insufferable. I couldn't talk to you. Yeah, well, and and it's also a good thing too that I'm. And this, this is these are your words. They're not mine. That I am the humblest guy you know. So, you know, that's another reason. Though, because I was raised to be humble and kind, and oh, that's that's stop. how I live my life. Stop, stop it, and... Tim! Stop it! <laughs> and yes, I I've well accepted the fact that my team suck, and I'm okay with it because, you know what, it keeps me humble. How can you say oh. you grew up kind if your mom wants to disown you if you get cornrows? Yeah, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> well, it would that was part of a bet. You know, and if if I, I, still I not I'm a man of integrity, so I have to honor bets. And she's she's just she's I mean she, she's a female she's over dramatic so she's not gonna disown me. I didn't. She say might it. just she she'll just say she's she'll she'll give me the I'm not mad at you I'm just disappointed in you. No, she'll slap you in the face and I'll support it. No, she wouldn't do that to me. Domestic no. violence, baby. I mean, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's take control. the belt off. <laughs> Boy, that would be something. <laughs> her just taking me over, over her knee and giving me the belt for. Why are you getting cornrows? You've been a bad boy, you idiot. Jolene, Jolene, all of a sudden became a get off my lawn mom. But yeah. get, get the get the cornrows out of your hair. <laughs> She'd shave your head while you're sleeping, and I would support it. I would too. I a thousand percent would because I. I would rather be bald than have cornrows. Only if you polish it every day. No. I only yeah, have to have it in. The bet was that I only to... have to have it in for a week. So. Oh, come on. You need, to, you need it nice and shiny so people can look at you as a mirror. Yeah, if you no. shave your head, then you got to put the lotion up top and shave it every single day and look nice and shiny. Yeah. No. No. So, yeah. absolutely not. I... Floor buffer. We've got a... <laughs> We've got a long way to go before any of that happens. So we'll we'll kick it over to Grant for curveball of the week. All right, boys. So as you know, uh, you know, my buddy Connor, he just moved down to the Dallas area because he is now officially starting as a FBI agent for um the Department of Justice in this country. So congratulations, Connor. Yes. Well, uh, and, and that brings up a good point because where this episode drops on the tenth. So Friday is Veterans Day, so we want to wish all of the people who have served and currently serving 
a happy Veterans Day and thank them for their service and the sacrifice they gave to this country to live, help us live free in this great country. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm just curious, with Connor starting his job down in the FBI, if you were to work for some um, department or agency in the Department of Justice or for the U.S. government, which agency or department would that be in? Do we want to be an FBI agent, CIA, DEA? I want to know, if you guys were to get into something like that, what um, department or agency would you want to choose to work for and why? I'm doing Secret Service. Okay. All right. Elaborate on that. Yeah. Quick. Yeah, you can, you, you're the top guy for the president. You get to hear some crazy shit in your conversations when you protect him at all times. You're basically like the biggest bodyguard in the world. Well, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you basically are because I remember the in the high school history class, our teacher was telling a story about how like Secret Service when JFK was president how like he would be entertaining these ladies in the pool and the secret service agent would be moving jackie out of the way so she was not able to see what he was doing in there <laughs> yep you're like the oh, OG God. Guy, best guy ever you see and ethan i'm kind of on the same lines as you i i something this also would be frightening because you know all the secrets in the world but being a cia agent being one of the smartest people out there and they're just knowing all the dirt that we have going on in this country and all the other dirt that goes on across the world. It'd be kind of cool, but frightening at the same time. Honestly, I, almost a spy would be badass, too, until they figure it out yeah. and you're dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, you, you're a CIA agent, they're, if you pissed the wrong person off, you're going to be dead, too. I mean, oh, yeah. Or, or well, you know, you know, like I said with JFK, you know, they probably had a good 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 uh good thing going behind of why probably something in the uh reason of why he was uh killed something behind it for the what the uh what he did with or the how he kind of destroyed the cia of mm-hmm. sorts so you know i think that yeah i you know to be honest i have no desire to work at all in any government position like sure as hell don't want to be a politician oh god no no. Which I, I guess, yeah, we well, we'd be telling people to go vote, but it's already past that, so I got my... Are you guys voting tomorrow? We are. I am. After after work. Okay, yeah, I got mine. Going bright and early at 7 a.m. Get that shit done. There you go. Smart. Smart. I am uh, getting... I, I voted la- uh, last week, Thursday. Got that th- out of the way, done and out of the way. So... Got my ballot cast, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, I yeah, I think maybe the CIA, FBI. That seems too much, too much upfront action where you're you're dealing hand in fist with with the criminals. Where the CIA, you're a little bit more behind the scenes, and be uh yeah, interesting to hear all mm-hmm. all the shady shit that goes on within within the government because and you know also a lot oh yeah and as a kid one of my favorite tv shows was criminal minds and always kind of getting in the mind of a psychopath and serial killer was interesting because some people might think i'm a bit of a psychopath um that would be kind of cool and interesting until you see what kind of harm and damage these people could do and knowing that you have to go to 
you know, bed every single night knowing that, hey, this person mutilated, you know, six people would be a bit frightening, but kind of cool at the same time saying, hey, I put that guy in jail. Um, So maybe just because I, since I asked the question, I'd I'd probably almost say FBI, just because I kind of weirdly enough have, it's, it's kind of fun and fascinating to learn about things like that. Yeah. Well, and now that you say that, I heard just a loud, heard like, now, now you just hear everything. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, oh, they're they're listening in on this conversation. There's going to be a CIA agent that's going to bust in and arrest me, and you guys will never see me again. So wow, and I voice this worse things. And I, <laughs> yeah, all sorts all sorts of flustered here, but we all yeah we all got our answers in right. Secret yes, Service, FBI. And that's not female body inspector, right? Or the, it's the Federal Bureau no, of Investigation. No, 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 that's, body inspector. That is not the female body inspector. That is the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Okay, well, you know, I think that would be the FBI I would want to work for. But there'd be a lot of guys out there who want to work for that yeah, FBI. Exactly. So this is not the other guy. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? Who hates Iowa? We, we hate, hate Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> This was a this was a good episode, boys. This was this was a good one. This might have been our best one in a while. So I'm I'm thinking work. so. Good work, and thank you guys for listening. Go follow us on all of our social medias: Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff. We'll have the uh, short segments of the show posted on Friday for you guys. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.